You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. We have extensive coverage of today's coronavirus developments, including three new deaths in this province and the postponement of all non-essential elective surgeries. The Prime Minister is restricting entry at our borders to almost everyone who's not a Canadian citizen or permanent resident and telling those who are abroad, come home now. Keith Baldry has the latest. It has been a, a challenging weekend. BC's top doctor says COVID-19's impact on BC is steadily increasing. I know everyone in this room is aware um, the situation is escalating um, around us and here in British Columbia as well. And there are things that we need to do now um, to take action to protect our citizens, our communities, our families here. And the number of cases continues to climb. We've had 30 additional cases identified um, to bring our total up over 100 to 103 people who've had this disease in British Columbia so far. Six people are now in hospital and most troubling, three more people have died from the outbreak. And all of them have been residents in the Lynn Valley Care Centre where we know we've been dealing with an outbreak um, for the last week and a bit. The deteriorating situation has led Dr. Henry to further limit the size of public gatherings. It was originally set at 250, but not anymore. We have moved that now to um, cancelling all gatherings greater than 50 people. But the most dramatic step was announced by Health Minister Adrian Dix. In an unprecedented move, the BC hospital system is moving towards responding almost solely to the COVID-19 outbreak and not much else. Hospitals will only undertake urgent and emergency procedures and will postpone all non-urgent scheduled surgeries. This will result in the cancellation of thousands of, sur of scheduled surgeries, of elective surgeries in British Columbia and free up, uh, as you would expect, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hospital beds. Today's briefing ended, as usual, with encouraging words from BC's top doctor to spend some time with family. I think this is a time for all of us to have some quiet time, to spend some time together, to talk about it, to understand that it is a concerning situation and we don't know everything about what's going to happen. If you're not in isolation, if you're not a contact, it's okay to go outside and um, enjoy the sunshine a little bit, spend some time outside with your family in a small group, not with a large group, but uh, you know, spend that family time together right now. Got a feeling we're going to need some of that. Keith Baldry joins us now mm -hmm. with more on the cancellation of all of those surgeries that the health minister was talking about. Keith, you asked Adrian Dix why cancel so many right now mm -hmm. when we've only got six people in hospital with the virus. And the, the answer is pretty telling about where we're at from a, uh, from a perspective, a health care perspective. Yeah. Yeah, it's an anticipation of a worst-case scenario. The system can get overwhelmed if uh, this virus sweeps through with the expected speed at which it will likely flow through. Uh, so you could uh, have people literally uh, in very short time needing hospitalization if they turn up to be in a critical uh, situation. So it's, uh, it's done out of anticipation and a note of precaution, uh, but the hospitals have now been moved to a completely different footing than we've ever seen in the history of British Columbia. They're no longer the traditional acute care hospitals. They're now at... Uh, 
a, a footing to deal with a massive outbreak. Adrian Dix says he hopes it doesn't come to this. And Bonnie Henry made the point, look, if everybody does what they're supposed to do, which is self-isolate if you show the symptoms, uh, have social distance from others, don't gather in large crowds, uh, and literally wash your hands all the time, then the number of cases won't be as high as a worst-case scenario would envision, which means uh, the hospitals would not be overwhelmed. But we're, again, at the beginning of very serious situations, which is why this unprecedented, extraordinary step was taken today by the health minister to basically cancel all those elective surgeries that many people have been waiting months, if not years, to receive. No doubt. Okay, Keith, thanks very much. Now, the federal government taking that unprecedented step to close the borders to most foreign travelers, but our American neighbors aren't included in that ban. John Waugh is live near the Peace Arch border crossing tonight. Uh, That exception, John, is coming under fire. Yes, Sophie, as you can see, traffic is really slow here at the Peace Arch border crossing. But trust me, of the vehicles that are going into Canada, many have U.S. plates, many from Washington state. And according to the people we heard from today, including B.C.'s health minister, that needs to stop. At the Peace Arch border crossing, it reads, may these gates never be closed. A wish that is now outweighed by the growing concerns over the COVID-19 pandemic. We will be denying entry to Canada to people who are not Canadian citizens or permanent residents. But there are holes in the current Canadian border ban. U.S. citizens will be free to cross into the country. The level of integration uh, of our two economies and the coordination that we ha- we've had uh, over the past while uh, puts the U.S. in uh, a separate category from the rest of the world. This approach not exactly inspiring complete unity from the B.C. government. We remain concerned that uh, access from visitors from the United States uh, continues uh, to be allowed, given the situation particularly in King and Snohomish County in Washington State. Just south of the border, increased lockdown measures are in effect, including the closure of bars and restaurants. In Washington State, the death toll related to COVID-19 is up to 42. I think that Americans should probably just stay to the U.S. border and and, and not cross for now. Well, I think Justin Trudeau didn't go far enough. I think that he should have shut the border down completely. The B.C. government asking, at the very least, non-essential travel from the U.S. be banned. At this time, we don't want people coming to visit that might um, be put people here at risk of COVID-19. For foreign nationals like Mohammed Nisar, who needs to get his visa validated, this unprecedented measure is leaving them too afraid to cross. It's going to be closing right now. And uh, yeah, let's see. Hopefully we'll be, everything will be okay. And while you don't have to wait long to see U.S. travelers making their way into Canada, the invisible threat they might be bringing with them is still very much a concern for B.C. Now, until the federal government falls in line with the B.C. request to ban all non-essential travel coming from the U.S., B.C. Health Minister Adrian Dix is asking all of those U.S. visitors to self-isolate for a period of 14 days. But considering many that are traveling across this border are only here for a couple of days at the most, it's hard to say whether they'll listen. Sophie? John Hua at Peace Arch Forest. John, thank you. The announcement that Vancouver Airport is one of just four Canadian airports that can accept international arrivals from anywhere other than Mexico and the Caribbean and the U.S. has raised some concerns about safety and security. Global's Paul Johnson is live at YVR right now. And Paul, you reported that travelers arriving over the weekend felt like they were not getting up-to-date information. Has that changed? 
Yes, they seem to be more on top of that now, Chris. You know, yesterday we heard from a lot of travelers, particularly people who'd been through some of the major airports in Asia, where they said, by comparison, the government information about what to do about the outbreak there seemed much more prominent, and they were surprised by what they encountered when they came through YVR. Seems like the government stepped in and made some changes now. Air operators will be formally mandated to prevent all travelers who prevent symptom, present symptoms of COVID-19 to board a plane. With that, the Prime Minister has formalized some of the most sweeping emergency measures for Canadian aviation since 9-11. Only Canadian permanent residents and Americans can enter the country. This means that anyone who has symptoms will not be able to come to Canada. Also new. People flying into the country are being verbally directed by customs officers to self-isolate for two weeks. Up until Sunday night, many arriving passengers were still unclear about that. Everyone we spoke with Monday seems to have gotten the message. Did they tell you anything that they want you to do going forward? Um, we've been given a sheet of paper to self-isolate for 14 days. Yeah, the self-isolation for two weeks. Gave me information about clinics and things like that, what to do, what not to do. They gave me a sheet to tell me to self-isolate, yes. We know we need to get home, we want to get home, but there are no commercial flights available, Mr. Trudeau. The new directive also attempts to bring some certainty to Canadians who are stuck overseas either because they're sick or there's no plane to catch like this woman we heard from currently in Morocco. And that's why we're reaching out to everyone that we can at home to in the hopes that the government of Canada can pressure the government of Morocco to please open up some flights and let us go home. Ottawa says it's creating an assistance program for people in this situation. So operations here at YVR are about to reflect this new border closure. But remember, this is a border closure with one big asterisk, and that is Americans are exempt from it. So if you have American friends or family, they're still, as it stands now, going to be able to fly into YVR here. Back to you, Chris. Subject to change in what time frame? No one knows for now. Thanks very much, Paul. So when it comes to the new cases announced in B.C., four of the 30 are connected to a dental conference that was held in Vancouver. Richard Zussman joins us with more on that part of the story. Richard, this was a dentist who had COVID-19 who attended that conference with thousands of people there. And now there's concern that he also worked on patients. Yeah, that's something that is being investigated at this point, Sophie. This happened at the Pacific Dental Conference. 15,000 people at uh, the convention centre in Vancouver between March 5th and 7th. Everyone who attended that conference has really, uh, received a letter from Vancouver Coastal Health notifying them that there now have been a number of confirmed COVID-19 cases linked to the conference. Dr. Bonnie Henry is confident that all dentists in this province have been operating with the highest level of hygiene and have ensured that the COVID-19 has not been passed on by dentists, but it's still something being looked at. And it was enough for the College of Dental Surgeons to announce today that all uh, non-essential dental services will be cancelled in the province. So that includes uh, regular checkups and cleanings at your dentist's office. And there are going to be further investigations into whether this has spread further within the dental community. We also know that uh, cases have been identified uh, 
from that uh, conference at other provinces across Canada. And my uh, instructions are to anybody who was at that dental conference, and we'll have the full name in our statement, um, needs to self-isolate immediately. They should not be at work, they should not be at school, they should not be around others. And this is the critical time where we're starting to see um, people uh, turning up with illness related to this conference. So that's an important thing that we're saying to people, um, both in BC but across Canada and internationally. The College of Dental Surgeons sent out an advisory to all of their members. All registrants must perform a thorough pre-treatment risk assessment that includes risk to the patient, to the oral health care provider, and to the greater community before any treatment is undertaken. And now those will only be emergency procedures. And pre-screening of patients by phone is preferable. Offices should develop a pre-screening protocol for patients who present in person, and the dental surgeons also are aware that a number of these COVID-19 cases linked to the conference here in Vancouver have also been spotted in Alberta and in Ontario. All right, Richard, thanks for that. We do uh, also want to point out that you may, our viewers may notice Richard is not in the legislature. Uh, instead, he is Skyping with us from his home because he recently traveled and is now following the provincial guidelines to self-isolate for 14 days. So thank you for working from home, Richard. Yeah, and it's something a lot of British Columbians are doing today, Sophie. Absolutely. Richard Zussman in Victoria. No doubt social distancing, a good mm -hmm. thing as well. All right, what started as a trickle has become a flood. Businesses are closing and municipalities all over the province are starting to limit services to help combat the spread of COVID-19. As Aaron MacArthur reports, that means community and recreation facilities, libraries and ski hills are closing down just as spring break gets underway. It's a shock. The Central Library in Vancouver locked up. Oh, the library's closed. Oh, they're closed? Yeah, it's closed. It's the same all over the city. As libraries closed Monday afternoon, no one with any idea when they might reopen. I was reading a book and a woman came by and said, uh, we have to have everybody out of this library in 30 minutes. The city of Vancouver closing all community centers, ice rinks, pools and golf courses. Despite serious concerns for the vulnerable and underhoused, the mayor of Vancouver so far not willing to go any farther. There is no need from an operations standpoint to declare a local state of emergency, but that is an option and I'm ready to give that declaration at any moment if we need to. It's the same thing around the region. The limit of groups, fewer than 50 people announced by the provincial health officer, means cities had very few options. Surrey making the decision to close Sunday along with Delta. And by Monday, the closure stretched from Langley to the Tri-Cities, the North Shore, Burnaby and Richmond. The decisions all getting made with public health in mind. But at this point, the closures aren't total. Spring break camps and daycares remain unaffected. We are monitoring it closely with Fraser Health. So if the continued program of day camps and daycares is deemed unsafe for our children or staff, they will be shut down immediately. The shutdown's not just civic. All three Metro Vancouver ski hills closed by sundown Monday. Casinos across the province are shut, and virtually every other gathering space, really. The warnings from civic leaders are clear. Now, I know tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day, but if you don't think you can keep one meter or more away from others in your favorite bar, don't go. And watch carefully. Listen. The next major decision to be made is surrounding schools. 
SBC has two weeks to decide what to do about K-12 classes. That decision will be announced Tuesday. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. Breaking news now from Vancouver Coastal Health about the Showcase Restaurant and Bar located at 1122 West Hastings Street in Vancouver. An employee there has tested positive for the virus. They were working on March 10th, 11th and 13th between the hours of 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. Anyone who may have visited during that time and is exhibiting symptoms, fever, cough, shortness of breath, sore throat, headache, you should self-isolate and seek medical care if symptoms worsen. And there is more breaking news about restaurants and bars for you now. Vancouver Mayor Kennedy Stewart is now ordering all bars and restaurants in the downtown core closed tomorrow for St. Patrick's Day. That's right. It's one day closure for now, but with a growing number of businesses closing or cutting hours. As Sarah McDonald reports, the work stoppage could be financially devastating. The doors are still open at many restaurants and shops across the province, but that could soon change, with many businesses like this Vancouver Deli feeling the pinch of the pandemic. It has definitely slowed down, and uh, I had a lot of walk-in clients, and which uh, they're not coming, and uh, yeah, it's about 30 to 40% of a drop in everyday sale here. And now many chain restaurants, bars, and stores likely will be too with the mandated cap on public gatherings lower to 50 on Monday. I would expect that most bars and entertainment places will um, not be able to meet that criteria. So it is a very much challenging, and I know it's going to be um, hard on businesses. It's going to be hard on people. Some companies have already closed temporarily or reduced operating hours. And while some corporations have committed to still paying their staff, the livelihoods of countless others remain on the line. Low-wage workers in the service sector and who work in health care are having shifts canceled or are facing work restrictions. They need support now. Exactly what that support may look like in a region with a rising cost of living where many workers and contractors live paycheck to paycheck is still unclear, with guidance from the federal level expected this week. Our focus right now is on ensuring that Canadians who are staying home from work uh, have enough money to be able to buy groceries and pay their rent. These are measures that we will be moving forward with in the coming days. I don't know what we're going to do and how my employees are going to be paying their rent and how I'm going to be paying my rent. A potential financial lifeline in any form couldn't come soon enough for business owners and their employees, still saddled with rent and mortgage payments, among other things, and now an uncertain income. We are all worried. So I'm wor- we don't know what's going to happen. We are, just, we are just hanging in there, seeing, waiting. Watching not only their own physical health, but their financial well-being, too. Sarah McDonald, Global News. But first, there is reason to be hopeful. A team of B.C. prostate cancer researchers have dropped everything to find a cure for the COVID-19 coronavirus. As Linda Aylesworth reports, they're confident they can use their new artificial intelligence technology to discover a single molecule that would kill the virus. An eerie silence hangs in the air at the Vancouver Prostate Centre. It's morbid because it's usually a very vibrant area and a lot of young people and a lot of buzz and talk and things going on. Staff and researchers have been advised to stay home out of an abundance of caution. But there is one exception. The reason my lab is different because we're actually fighting this virus right now as we speak. 
Professor Cherkasov's lab specializes in the development of drugs to treat resistant prostate cancers. But like so many scientists around the world, their focus has switched to COVID-19. That's one thing, one good thing I see which came out of this terrible story, that scientific community is really unified and it's really open-minded now. I've never seen anything like that. Ten years ago, Cherkasov specialized in infectious diseases. That's one reason his switch to find a cure for COVID-19 makes sense. The other... We've developed artificial intelligence platform just in December, uh, which allows us to speed up this process tremendously. The process in this case? To identify a molecule that can kill a vital protein found inside the COVID-19 virus and in turn kill the virus. The challenge that artificial intelligence is helping them with? The sheer number of molecules that could potentially do the job. We were able to go through 1.5 billion molecules within one week and we already identified 1,000 compounds which look very promising. In the next two weeks, they expect to further narrow the number down to 100. Then in the lab, they will test those molecules until the one best suited to kill that protein emerges. From there, testing on animals, then humans. To get it done, the federal government has given them half a million dollars. We hope to match that with another half million from other sources. So one million dollars, that could be the trick? That could get us very, very far. What is your sense of the success that one of those molecules will do it? We never miss. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. Island Health has opened a referral-only COVID-19 drive-through clinic in Victoria. Vehicles were seen driving through the testing clinic today. Patients have to be referred by their primary care provider or an 811 nurse to use it. Nurses wearing full body aprons and masks handed out test kits through car windows as security teams monitored the situation. Island Health plans to open similar screening clinics in other communities of Vancouver Island, including Nanaimo, Campbell River, and the Comox Valley. All right, still more breaking news tonight. That's sort of become the norm over the past few nights. Cineplex has just announced it is closing all of its theaters across Canada. The theater chain was originally simply limiting ticket sales and ramping up cleaning, but now it says it has to do more. The closure will begin tonight, and it will last until at least April 2nd. All right, now cyber criminals are trying to take advantage of your fears when it comes to the coronavirus. Fraudsters trying to capitalize on the health crisis with a number of scams. Let's bring in our consumer reporter, Andrea, with more. And so sad that this is, we're even talking about this, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Thanks, Sophie. Cybersecurity experts tell me there are new threats coming out every day. These coronavirus scams are escalating all around the globe, and cybersecurity experts say they are trickling into Canada. The most dangerous scams are those where the fraudsters are impersonating the World Health Organization, pretending to provide information to help you stay safe. What's especially worrisome is the fraudulent link uses the real WHO website in the background, making it look very legitimate. It comes with a pop-up in front of it stating in order to access the information to learn more, you have to provide your email and password. Obviously, this is a scam. Now, another scam making the rounds is one pretending to be from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Again, it looks very official, but there is a document attached. When you open that document, it infects your computer with malware, stealing your password and online banking information. So, how do you protect yourself? 
Well, like most things, you know, not open those attachments and not to click those links. And I know people are desperate to get information to make sure they're making the right decisions for their family's health. Uh, you should just be going directly to your provincial health ministry website uh, for information that's local about what you should be doing in your community and um, also those international authorities. But go to them, never let it come to you. So always go to WHO's website or to the CDC or to your ministry of health. And some other things to watch out for, spelling and grammatical errors. Check the URL before you click on the link. Keep your computer up to date and have antivirus software. If you feel you just gave away your password and other personal information, change your passwords on your accounts immediately and don't use the same password on more than one site. And if you have a consumer issue for me, you can reach me at consumermatters at globalnews.ca. <laughs> Trish. Trish was struggling a bit there, but you know, <laughs> normally she's rock solid. All right, this is what Disney theme parks in Florida look like right now. The parks closed until at least the end of March due to the COVID-19 outbreak. Disney says guests with reservations can make other arrangements and those with tickets can use them at a later date. The company says it'll pay its employees while the parks are closed. Disney also plans to shut down its hotels this Friday until at least the end of the month eerie seeing it like that isn't it though well anyone who's been grocery shopping in the past few weeks knows it is no longer business as usual no producers and political leaders keep reassuring us that the supply chain is robust and intact more food and supplies will be coming but some people are still not getting the message brad mcleod reports that's impressive Impressive or infuriating, this couple hoarding all the meat at a Save on Foods in Lake Country Saturday evening. We noticed a couple filling their cart up with uh, all of the meat that was left in the meat section. It was completely bare by the time they were done. Witnesses not the only ones disheartened. It's not only irrational, but you're benefiting at the expense of someone in your community. So did Monday morning bring some calm? Well, this Surrey Costco lined up, and Burnaby, busy. People disregarding advice to avoid crowds larger than 50. Hot commodities remain, hand sanitizer and microbe-killing wipes. Over-the-counter cough and flu relief medicines are becoming rare. And of course, that ongoing run on toilet paper. So, will things run out? Some reassurance. Don't hoard. Supply chain is not the problem right now. Over-demand is the problem. Think of your community. Buy only what you need at the store. And while some grocers are busy, many stores aren't, at least not all the time. This Saanich Mall on Vancouver Island, very quiet compared to a typical lunch hour. And you've probably noticed big chain coffee shops don't want you sipping your double-double indoors. No sitting at Tim Hortons and Starbucks. Now, more and more stores are putting caps on some items. And worst of all, reports of people who are reselling these items to make a quick buck. Amazon said they are cracking down on this trend. As for the mess with the meat, Save on Foods is taking steps to make sure it doesn't happen again. While another grocer has decided to make sure the most vulnerable get what they need. Starting Friday at the Loblaws in Park Royal, seniors and the differently abled will be let in an hour before everyone else. Brad McLeod, Global News.
Now, in health matters tonight, as we all practice social distancing in the coming weeks, here are some tips on how you can maintain healthy habits while being stuck at home. Experts say one thing you can do is create an at-home circuit workout. Select several exercises, such as jumping jacks, and do each in short bursts, and then repeat the whole circuit two to three times. Also, cook heart-healthy meals. And finally, since these are stressful times, Find ways to combat that anxiety by either meditating or calling loved ones to stay connected. Actually, calling them on the phone. And it goes without saying, you should continue to wash your hands and don't touch your face. If you're working out at home, land like a cat for the neighbors downstairs, <laughs> just in case. That's good, good advice, too. Another A-list celebrity has announced he has tested positive for COVID-19. Hey, uh, what's up, guys? So look, uh, this morning I, uh, I got some test results back for coronavirus and it came back positive. Yeah, and it sucks. Um, listen, I'm doing... Actor Idris Elba tweeting today he's tested positive for the novel coronavirus. Elba says he has no symptoms but was exposed to someone who had the virus. He's urging people to be careful. Uh, beyond that, there are people out there who aren't showing symptoms and that can easily spread it. OK, so now's a real time to be really vigilant about washing your hands and keeping your distance. OK, there is no confirmation of a connection. But earlier this month, Elba appeared at a WE conference in the UK with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's wife, Sophie Gregoire Trudeau, who, of course, has also tested positive for COVID-19. An act of kindness to soothe COVID anxiety. I'm a scientific wonder, a summer sun. How Jan Arden lifted people's spirits today. That's right after Yvonne's forecast. You know what else lifts people's spirits? Yvonne? If, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> And sunshine. And yes. we're getting plenty of that these days. This is really the bright spot. We can get out and enjoy it. Even in your backyard, if you're working from home, open up the windows. And you can even do a workout on your patio as well. Here's what we're looking at. Overlooking English Bay. It's been fantastic. We've got clear skies once again approaching this evening. A heads up, though, with the clear skies for the early morning hours. It'll be chilly, so bundle up if you are outdoors. Temperatures are sitting at 8 degrees. We got up to 9, 10 for most areas. We've got a northwesterly wind out of the airport at 15 kilometers per hour. Double digits for many spots across Metro Vancouver and away from the water today, getting up to 14, 15 degrees. It'll be very similar as we look ahead towards the next few days and leading towards the end of the week. Closer to the water of the airport today, getting up to 9 degrees. Interior areas, a few areas as well today, getting up to 11 for Lytton and chilly for the northeastern corners with the piece getting up to 1. We may see a few clouds rolling in, no precipitation. It'll be overnight for the early morning hours and then mainly sunny as we approach the afternoon. We're back up to 11 degrees. We've got a ridge that's building in so many areas across the province benefiting. We'll see sunshine and that pushes in all the way in towards the southeastern corners as well. A look at the numbers. Highs closer to 10 if you're closer to the water. Inland up to 4 for Smithers. There is more cloud cover for the northeastern corners of the province and then a little brighten up. A clearing is on the way. Temperatures will be up to minus 5. Much of the central interior with highs uh, just above the freezing mark and the southern interior. Mainly sunny sky, 
very pleasant for tomorrow. Highs up to 9 degrees for the Thompson and similar for the Okanagan. So we could see a few clouds in the mix. It'll be for the morning hours and then by the afternoon we're into the double digits. We're welcoming spring and it's going to be early on Thursday. This will be the earliest in over 100 years. It'll be officially towards the evening and it looks like we'll hang on to that sunshine. Areas away from the water over the next couple of days warming up closer to 13 and potentially up to 15 degrees. A great shot for tonight's central windows weather window. This was taken in Burnaby from Quan and a great shot overlooking a baker. Guys? Beautiful shot. All right, thanks, Yvonne. Now, with Canadians being urged to stay home as much as possible, singer Jan Arden live-streamed a special mini-concert today. Steady on, everybody. We will get past this. We will get through it. There will be no consolation prize. This time the bone is broken clean. No baptism, no reprise, no sweet taste of victory. How awesome is that? The iconic musician playing an hour of hits, including Unloved, from the safe distance of her home in southern Alberta. Her fans feeling the love during the Facebook Live event. An average of 10,000-plus viewers tuned in from the U.K. to Puerto Vallarta and just about everywhere in between. And Vancouver actor Ryan Reynolds is stepping up to do his part to alleviate the financial suffering from the COVID-19 outbreak. After calling COVID-19 a name we can't repeat on television, Reynolds tweets that he and his wife Blake Lively are donating $1 million to be split between Feeding America and Food Banks Canada. And not surprisingly, after urging others to donate, he suggests people call his friendly nemesis, actor Hugh Jackman, with what is undoubtedly a fake phone number. <laughs> 555 cry Hugh. Hopefully there is no one at that number and Right. I don't know if emoji Okay, so yeah. this is what we're doing. One I have a 36 inch I can't arm. touch Squire, I can't reach him. Oh, yeah. can you no, not quite. Nope. We're good. But Social we're doing distancing. Because this is what we all have to do right now, so now, this part of the desk is so much cleaner. It's hardly ever used. <laughs> well, that's good. Lucky for you. <laughs> looks a little awkward, but uh, the single shot looks good, Squire. Oh, it looks as normal as ever. Uh, all right. The NHL has basically said, here is the best case scenario for them. It would be to have mini training camps by the end of April and then start playing again in early May. But, of course, as we all know, anything like this is written in pencil, not ink because nobody knows what will be happening at the end of April. The league is determined to hand out a Stanley Cup this season, but as we said last week, if this goes on too long, they might not be able to. And as we also said last week, they seem prepared to play into late July if necessary. Well, the NFL was shocked today because the Houston Texans traded superstar wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona for running back David Johnson, a second-round pick, and a swap of fourth-rounders. Hopkins owns one of the best pair of hands in the NFL. While Johnson has not been the same since he was a top running back in 2016, he injured his wrist in 2017, and he's never been the same since. So why trade Hopkins? Some think head coach Bill O'Brien, who's also the GM, wasn't a fan of his personally, and maybe Hopkins wanted to renegotiate his contract. But other Texans players might be unhappy with O'Brien after this because Hopkins was their go-to guy in their passing game, third in the league with 104 catches last year, fifth with 150 targets. He's one of those receivers that can make an average pass look great. He is that good. He's 27. He signed through 2023. 
and you would think this would make the Cardinals much better. Teams in the NFC West, like the Seahawks, are not very happy. Arizona was able to get Hopkins for what looks to be a discount price. And another big trade is San Francisco sending defensive tackle DeForest Buckner to the Colts for the 13th overall pick in next month's draft. He immediately agreed to a contract with Indianapolis that'll pay him $21 million per year. So now he's the second highest paid defensive lineman after the Rams' Aaron Donald. Uh, that was a salary cap trade more than anything else. I don't think the 49ers really wanted to lose a guy like Buckner. Well, NFL free agency will begin Wednesday afternoon, our time, 1 o'clock. Among those on the market, of course, is quarterback Tom Brady. Now, that doesn't mean the Patriots won't try to re-sign him. They might. It's not like they have a backup quarterback who is ready to move up and take over the number one job. They lost that when they traded Jimmy Garoppolo to San Francisco in 2017. He was supposed to be Brady's heir apparent. But two other teams are ready to talk with Brady seriously. Tampa Bay has a lot of interest as does the L.A. Chargers, who have given up on Phillip Rivers, who's also a free agent. Brady is 42, so obviously signing him is not a long-term investment. Maybe a team that thinks it's close to being a champion might go after him for a short contract. That's what the Patriots will think as well. They'll try to get him back, I think, perhaps promising to sign other new players to help him out since Brady didn't have a lot to work with this past year. The UFC has said it will now postpone their next three events, March 21st, March 28th, April 11th. Their big UFC 249 event on April 18th has yet to be postponed. Well, the owner of the Vancouver Canucks invested heavily in esports with the Vancouver Titans of the Overwatch League and the Seattle Surge of the Call of Duty League. And they brought in the legend of the game to be one of the Surge's players. It would be like the Canucks bringing in Sidney Crosby or Connor McDavid. Dave, Damon Barlow makes that, better known as Karma. You know, I, I'm just a small town kid who, who loves sports and then eventually loved video games um, and then got the opportunity to travel the world and do things that, you know, I never could have imagined really. Even, I don't even think I ever even dreamt of doing the things that, you know, I've been able to do. Oh, connects with the headshot and now it's going to be a one-on-one. He does have the pistol and oh, he's going to challenge. He's going to push out there and oh my God, Karma did it. Karma with the clutch. In the decade-long esports span that Call of Duty has been around, Damon Karma Barlow has established himself as one of the greatest, if not the greatest Call of Duty gamers to ever get their hands on a controller. How would you describe him? You know, he's, he's, he's a three-time world champion. He's the only player ever done it. So it's pretty special when, when you bring that kind of experience in. He, he kind of, he leads by example. He, he's not the loudest guy in the room, but he puts in the work and he puts in the discipline to be a, a true professional. And as, I mean, you can call him Wayne Gretzky or whoever you want to call him, but he's, he's the first player to ever do uh, something like three world championships. So it's, uh, it's pretty special. Don't laugh at the comparison. Karma is well on his way to becoming a gaming millionaire. This offseason, he was the Seattle Surge's big free agent signing. His career earnings are well over $800,000, which may not seem like bank-breaking money until you realize professional gaming is just coming into its own when it comes to guaranteed salaries and championship prize money. So um, even back in like 2013 was when I actually won my first world championship. Um, it was my fourth tournament win. Uh, I think we won $100,000 each, $400,000 total. Um, but even then, I would say it was we weren't making salaries, so like we won the tournament, obviously, right? But no salaries compared to nowadays, which it's changed a lot in what seven, yeah, seven years about that. 
he's so humble he probably wouldn't tell you, but his own Twitter following is over 650,000, which is uh, which is more than a lot of NHL teams, you know. So to have that following and that fan base, you know, when he put pen to paper with the Seattle surge, I, I think it just elevated um, our our uh, our team, but also the expectations. Come on, yes, Here's a look at your snow report for tonight. Sasquatch with a base of 337. Manning Park, a base of 205. Revelstoke, 257. Big White is closed. Silver Star until March 22nd. And Sun Peaks is closing March 18th. Apex with a base of 326. Mount Washington and Whitewater both closed. Red Mountain closing March 17th. Powder King, a base of 420. Well, there's been a lot of discussion about the importance of social distancing right now, even if you feel just fine. But there are ways to keep your distance and your health and your sense of community. One nation hunkered down, but not without friends amongst strangers. We have a package for you. Thank you. Chicago's volunteer, My Block, My Hood, My City, has already delivered more than 170 donated senior care packages. More on the way. Coronavirus doesn't care what side of the city you live on, right? If you need help, we're going to be there to help you. And for kids going without, good old peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and other lunch items, free at Excelsior, Minnesota's 318 Cafe. As they say on Facebook, kids should never be hungry. Even story time. When Duncan showed his teacher his new picture. Read online by Frozen star Josh Gad. Why? So we can all have a little fun together. The tree was so happy. She could hardly speak. In times like these, we may be isolated, but no one should be alone. You're going to be blessed by this. Kevin Tibbles, NBC News, Chicago. It's nice to see people helping others. Yeah, a lot, lot of good people out mm. there, and that's what we need to remember. Nice to be hanging out with you guys from one meter apart <laughs> for the foreseeable so future. We're still so close, it feels, yeah. yeah. We're still in the same room. Yep. That's true. You know. Yeah, just don't sneeze on one another. <laughs> don't cough. Not that we ever did before, just so you know that. Well, it is allergy season, just yes. so if you do see me sneezing, mm-hmm. that's what it is. It's happened before. Enjoy that sunshine and sunset. Have a great night, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow.